John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. D6 theme of the week is the new birth, and that little video somewhat typifies the whole doctrine behind the new birth. Every single one of us, at some point in our life, has got to come to a place where we die to self, and we pick up our cross, and we follow Him. Amen? All right, turning your Bibles, if you will, please, to the Gospel of Luke. I want to look in Luke chapter number 9, Luke chapter 9 and verse number 23. While you're turning there, I just saw Bobby. Good to have you back. Bobby's been on deployment for, what, six months? That's been a long, yeah, feels like six years. But glad he's back, and I know Cheryl's glad to have him back. So appreciate all of our military men and women and those that serve, and we certainly don't take you for granted. So thank you so much. Uh, although, we're anxious for you to get back, but when you, when you got back, it's going to be real close to y'all leaving. So uh, we're kind of not real anxious about that. But anyhow, we're certainly going to love you and minister to you while you're here and, and even from a distance. You guys are going to Japan, correct, in April? Is that correct, sometime in April? Uh, so be much in prayer for them as they transition with their family. And thank the Lord, the household and all of that. God just kind of worked all of that out for them. And so they'll be headed to April and or headed to Japan in April. Uh, so be much in prayer, uh, in prayer for them. Luke chapter 9, are you there? Guys, uh, I think we need to bring the monitors down just a little bit. Brad, if you will, please, and, and uh, bring, bring the monitors down just a little. There you go. Luke chapter 9 and verse number 23. I'd like for us to stand as we just honor God in the reading of his holy word. Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 23. The word of God says, Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus had just gathered with his disciples in Bethsaida, which was a small village town on the northeast corner up above the Sea of Galilee. And he went in and he did some great teaching with the apostles there and the disciples there. But he comes down to this particular point in his teaching and he says in verse 23, If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I also would like for you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, please, to Luke chapter 14. Just a few chapters over. We do not have sermon slides for this, I don't believe. But Luke 14 and verse number 25. Luke 14 and verse number 25. Now, my text verse is going to be Luke 9.23. I'm coming back to that. But this is almost a a parallel passage that goes right along with the teachings, once again, that Jesus was saying in verse 25, Luke 14. Now great crowds were traveling with him. And so he turned to them and said to them, verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple.'" 
Well, let me just explain that real quickly. Sometimes people have a difficult time with that verse of Scripture, and they think it's a contradiction because one of the Ten Commandments tells us we are to honor our parents, and here Jesus is saying, hate them. It doesn't mean we hate them in the sense of being angry and hateful and hatred toward them. It just simply means our loyalty and our homage and our devotion and the life that we're given. We are to love the Lord supremely. There is no other person, relationship, whether it be mom, dad, son, daughter, husband, wife. There's no other relationship in our life that should take the place of our relationship with Christ. He becomes before all things. And that's the doctrine and teaching he's trying to get across there. Verse number 27. And whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And I think what Jesus is saying here, boys, men, women, count the cost. It's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege we've had to worship you. We thank you for the band and the praise team and choir and the worship team as they've led us in worship today and prepared our hearts for the Word of God. Lord, when now we stand completely dependent upon you. And as we discuss this week in our D6 theme of the new birth, help us to realize that part of that new, new birth is dying to self. Denying ourselves and picking up our cross and following after you. I pray you'd have your will and way in everyone's heart here this morning. Do a work, God, that only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This week in our Fusion God, our D6 Fusion God, we're going to be studying several different aspects about the new birth and the new life. And on Monday, we're going to see in our fusion facts that faith is demonstrated by obedience. I know in the class that I sat in this morning, I sat in Jose's class this morning for the first time, and, and uh, Brother John brought up the point about faith is being obedient. And, and there is an element of that. And, and we're going to see that Monday as we, we study that together in our devotions. On Tuesday, we're going to study together how the new birth changes us from the inside out. Of course, Jose brought that up in the class this morning. Wednesday, we're going to discover how we cannot cherish sin and remain close to God. There's got to be a separation in our life between the old man and the new, between walking and dibbling around and playing around in sin and trying to live a pure and a holy life. That's what we're going to study on on Wednesday. But on Thursday, as I was looking at all these facts, this one kind of jumped off the page at me. On Thursday, we're going to study, study how the new birth means taking up my cross daily. You see, this whole thing of the new birth in the Christian life is not something we just do on Sunday morning. We as Americans, we are very good at multitasking. We are very good at compartmentalizing, forget my word, forgive me for my butchering of that word there. But we put everything in compartments. We put everything in, in different areas of our life and we concentrate it on, on it at that particular point. And then we close that drawer and then we open up another drawer, another compartment of our life and we deal with that. And then Sunday morning rolls around and we think, oh yeah, we've got to do our Christian duty and go to church And so we open up that area of our life as well. Well, you see, the new birth, it it means taking up our cross every single day. It's not something we just do on Sunday mornings. On Friday, we're going to discover how the new birth is certainly available to all. And I'm so thankful for that, aren't you? That Jesus died for the sins of the entire world. Not just the select few, but for the entire world. So this week, we're going to be talking about, and I'm going to be talking about today... 
taking up our cross and following him. This week I just downloaded a new app on my iPhone uh, and I wanted to share it, share it with you. It's called, don't laugh, My Fitness Pal. And it's a cool little app that you can get on, on smartphones. And what this app does, you see there's an area that I'm trying to really focus on. That's the, the physical aspect of, of my life. I'm trying to, to get in shape. I'm trying to, to walk more. I'm trying to watch what I eat. And because, you know, I talked about those four pillars that we need to build our life on. How Jesus in Luke 2:52 he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. And the four areas was intellectually and physically in stature, and then spiritually and socially. And, and so that's one area that I've notified or signified, I feel like this, uh, that God's convicted me of, that I need to pay attention to. I need to pay attention to what I eat. I need to try to eat healthy. And, and so I thought, boy, I need some more assistance. So I went out and I found this app. It's called My, my, my Fitness Pal. And what this does, I'm able to put in there my daily foods. Everything that I eat, and it has a great database, and I can search for what I'm eating, and it tells me how many calories, and I put in there my weight, and my target weight, and how much I'm planning on exercising, and it, it kind of calculates how many calories I can eat a day, and, and so I'm really trying to, to, to live by this. And then I put in there, I calculate, you know, my, uh, my, my exercise, and if I'm walking, or running, or working out, or whatever it is, I put that in there, and it deducts some calories, and I did notice that that potato salad that I had yesterday... Oh, that's bad stuff. Man, there's, oh, it's great stuff to eat, but on my calorie tracker, man, it just absolutely almost maxed that thing out. So I realized I got to cut back on the, the potato salad that I had. But anyhow, as I got to thinking about that, I got, and then I got to studying our text and realizing that the new birth means taking up our cross daily and following after Christ, I realized not only do I need a fitness pal, but I need a, a spiritual pal. I need a, I need a spiritual routine. I need a, a spiritual journey that I'm going on. So today I want to try to share with you a little bit of what I'm just titling for the sake of a, of a cool title. I'm really just going to be unpacking Luke chapter 9, verse 23. But I'm going to try to share with you my spiritual fitness routine. Now, this needs to be for every single one of us, all right? And this is what we are to do every single day of our life. And it's simple. It's found in Luke 9, 23. It's, it's so simple that, that we almost look over it. We almost miss it. One thing I've really discovered, it seems, in the Christian faith is that sometimes we, we make things so difficult. We really make things more difficult than they really are. What does it mean to be a believer? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to experience this new birth? Well, Jesus said, unless you are born again, you'll never see me. He said, unless you are born again, you'll never get to heaven. So what does that mean? You know what it means, guys? It means recognizing that we're a sinner. Believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Asking Him to forgive us of our sins, repenting of our sins, and asking Him by faith to come into our life. When we do that, we are born again spiritually. Now, there's some things we're to do after this new birth. And that's what I want to try to unpack and talk about a little bit today. But before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Father, I just pray that you would help us center our thoughts upon you. Hide us behind the cross. God, speak to us today. Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, may today be the day when we 
give you our hearts and lives and take up our cross and follow you. Maybe there's believers that are here, Christians that are here, that have neglected this part of their Christian walk. Meet the needs in all of our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What does your daily routine look like? Many of us, we get up in the mornings, and for those that are part of the Keurig family, we get up in the morning and we rush to the Keurig coffee maker, and, and we put in our favorite cup of coffee, and, and then we drink our coffee, and we, we rush, and we get the kids out of bed, especially if you have smaller children, and you're rustling and hustling around the house and trying to get everybody ready. And you're either taking the little ones to school or you're getting them out to the bus stop. And you're trying to get them on about their day. And, and then our attention turns to ourselves, and we rush off to the job and we fight the traffic. For those of you that are trying to get on Scott Air Force Base every morning, you know that traffic sometimes can be horrendous. Can it not? Sometimes I see that traffic backed up for miles trying to get on base. And, and so we fight through all of that. We rush into our office and we rush into our cubicle or we rush onto our jobs and we sit down and then we do our full task, our daily routine at job, on the job. And then it's time to quit. And we rush out of the office. We rush into our cars. We once again fight the traffic. We either go pick up the kids at school or we pick up the kids at the babysitter or maybe they're latchkey kids and they're in the house and we run home and we try to see how everybody's day's doing. But now we've got football practice and baseball practice and, and, and basketball practice and track practice or band practice or cheerleading practice and the list goes on and on and on and on, whatever it is that our kids are involved in. And we're running around all afternoon, every evening, hustling around, getting the kids to the practice or to the ball game. And then we rush back home. We think, okay, what are we going to have for dinner? And then we quickly try to put something together for dinner. And then we look around. We realize the house hasn't been cleaned. The floors haven't been vacuumed. The dishes need to be washed. The laundry needs to be taken care of. So we divvy up the chores and we, we assign tasks to everybody. We divide and conquer, so to speak. You've been there, done that? This sounds a little bit like your house. I guess we've all been there at one time or another. And so we get all the chores done in the house, and then we collapse for a little bit, and we watch a little bit of ESPN, or we watch a little bit of the news, or we watch a little bit of a, of a show, or whatever it is, and, and then we just collapse in our beds. Well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that picture? Well, you know, going to work is biblical, is it not? You say, well, preacher, I'm, I've got to support my family. Matter of fact, the Bible says if I don't support my family, then I'm worse than an infidel. So I must get up and fight the traffic and go to work. And Nothing wrong with the work side of it. But the problem is, somewhere along the way, we've left Christ out of what we're doing, except on Sunday morning. And the Bible says in Luke 9, in verse number 23... He said, he said to them all, if anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. On the back of your worship folder, there are some notes there, and I'm going to share with you four ways that we need to engage in a spiritual routine every single day of our life. And number one, I want you to write this down. We must choose... To place Christ in our daily routine. Look what Jesus said in this verse in Luke 9 and 23. He said to them all. He's saying to everybody. Even to us today. If. I want you to circle that in your Bibles. Or make a note, notation of that somewhere in your notes. 
I want you to look where he gives us the choice. He says, if anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Notice Jesus said, I'm giving you a choice. If you would like to come. You see, every single day we get to make a choice on whether we want to include Jesus in our daily routine. And many times we think our life's just too busy to include Him. Friend, may I tell you, may I tell you that the only way that you can get by in this life is to include Him every single day in your life. He's the one that gives you the strength. He's the one that gives you wisdom. He's the one that sustains you. Guys, we cannot make it without Him. But I want you to notice that He allows us to choose. You see, Jesus is not going to come knock down the door of your heart. He's not going to come break up the routine of your day. Is He there? Sure He is. He's promised you as a child of God, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. But He stands there off in the shadows and He waits for you to choose to allow Him to be part of your daily routine. And I think that's pretty evident when He says, if anyone. He's not going to force you. He's going to give you the choice to make every single day. I'm reminded about Joshua over in Joshua chapter 24 and verse number 15. It's a great passage. We all have heard this passage from a childhood up. Most of us have. But it's where, where Joshua is talking to the children of Israel. And he says in verse number 15, he said, If it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today the one you will worship. The God your fathers worship beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. You see, Joshua made a decision. He made a conscious choice to include God in his household. Have you made that decision? As you go about your daily routine, even after you've experienced a new birth, are you making a decision every single day to choose Jesus to be an active part, take an active role in your life on a daily basis? And I believe that's the first thing we see, that we must choose to place Christ in our lives daily. Turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy over in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy... And I want you to look in, in, in chapter number 30. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. Here once again we find Moses. And Moses is coming to the end of his life and he's realizing now that he cannot go into the promised land. He's led the children of Israel out of Egypt up to this point. And look what he tells them in verse number 15. Deuteronomy chapter 30. See, today I have set before you life and prosperity. Death and adversity. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commands, statutes, ordinances, so that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God may bless you in the land you're entering to possess. Verse 17. But if your hearts turn away and you do not listen, and you are led astray to bow down to other gods and to worship them, I tell you today that you will certainly perish and will not live long in the land you're entering to possess across the Jordan. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today. Get this once again. Second time he says this in this short paragraph. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. 
Get that, guys. Every single day we get to choose. Moses is telling the people of Israel, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God. Obey Him. Remain faithful to Him. For He is your life. And He will prolong your life in the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Guys, do you realize that even Moses gave the children of Israel a choice? He says, you get to choose. I've set before you life and prosperity or death and adversity. And you choose. And Joshua went on to say, probably echo what he had heard his mentor Moses say, as for me and my house, we are going to choose to worship the Lord. Guys, you get to make a choice every day. The choice is yours. And in Luke 9 and 23, the Lord said, if anyone wants to come, the choice is yours. Now here's the neat thing about our God. He allows us to choose. But guys, listen, once we make our choice, we no longer are in control of the consequences that follow. The consequences will be a direct result to the choice that we make. And I believe step number one, whenever we think about our daily spiritual routine, is that every single day we must make a conscious effort. We must choose, not just on Sunday morning, get a hold of this church, not just Sunday morning, But every single day, every single morning, before our feet hit the floor, we need to make a conscious effort that I am going to choose to go with God. I am going to take up my cross today. I am going to live for Him today. And I believe we must make that choice to place Christ in our heart every single day. That's number one. Amen? Number two, I want you to look at this. Out of this verse, we can also see that we must choose to place Christ first in our daily lives. Place Him first in our daily lives. He says, if anyone wants to come with me, then he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, there's one place. And then the parallel passage or a passage that goes along with that, not necessarily a parallel. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Word of God says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You see, our Lord put some emphasis on the order that you choose him. He's saying, don't, don't choose me second. Don't put me third. Don't put the, the job and the family and relationships and children that you have on this earth before me. He says in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. What are all the other things? We just finished talking about the the grass of the fields and the flowers and and how they don't toil, they don't work, that God provides everything for them and the birds of the air and God provides everything for them. Guys, here's the point. We need to choose Jesus first every single day of our life and trust Him to provide and make all the provisions in our life on a daily basis. That's the emphasis that He's trying to say. Not the job. The job doesn't come first. Now I realize the scripture does give leeway. If an oxen falls in the ditch on the Sabbath, even in the old Levitical law, if it falls in the ditch, he said, go out there and get it out. There are some times when we do have to work. But the point is that we need to make a conscious effort to put Jesus first in everything that we do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. 
I look at two examples in the Word of God. Over in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18 through 22, here I believe are two examples in Scripture that give a, a wonderful picture of what it is to follow Jesus and put Him first. Matthew 4 and 18 says, As he, Jesus, was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. Here he sees Peter and Andrew. And the Bible says that they were casting a net into the sea since they were fishermen. In verse 19, Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. You see what these two guys did? Immediately... They chose to follow Jesus first. Before the family business, before the the father-son relationship, they chose to go with Jesus first. That's the point I'm trying to make. We must choose to place Christ first in our life. He goes on a little farther in verse 21. Going from there, he saw two more brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Guys, let me ask you a question. Are you following Jesus? When you get up in the mornings, are you making a conscious effort to seek after him first? Are you going to the Word of God first thing? At least, at the minimum, are you having a prayer time at the very beginning of your day? Now, earlier this year, I shared with you in the first Sunday that I was here on on that first Sunday morning in the brand new year of 2011. And I tried to encourage our whole church to get into a Bible reading program. And I simply went out there and researched and found the simplest. I mean, this, this daily life application Bible study that I've turned all of you guys on to. It's on all of our emails that go out. There's a link to it. Matter of fact, I don't know if we have a slide for it or not. There may be a slide that comes up there for it. There needs. Listen, we need to go to that every single day. You can do it on your computer. You can do it on your phone. You can just go in your Bible and read a little bit, whatever it tells you to read. But the point is, it takes you about 90 seconds to do this devotion as far as reading the material. A lot of people think, well, I just don't have time. Surely to goodness, church, you have 90 seconds. Hello? I mean, we devote more time to that, watching beer commercials. Hello? Amen or oh me? Stay with me. Surely we can devote a little bit of time. And the first thing we need to do every day is get up and seek God first. Choose Him first. First, pick up your cross daily. Every single day, as soon as you get up, pick up your cross daily. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these other things will take care of themselves. We get out there trying to take care of all the other things. And Jesus said, you're working way too hard. If you'll just trust me, I'll take care of all those other things in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I've already read to you Luke 14, 25 through 33. But in verse number 33, it says, In the same way, therefore, every one of you who, do, who does not say goodbye to all of his possessions cannot be my disciple. What drives you to get out of bed every morning? What drives you to really get out of bed? You know what really should drive you? And I'm not trying to be... It should be having a relationship with Christ, realizing he's given you another day to live. 
He's allowed your heart to beat through the night. He's given you a dry roof over your head. He's given you food on the table. He's given us clothing on our back. He's given us a job to go to. We should get up every day and rejoice in Him and seek Him first and then go on about throughout our daily routine and our business. Second point I'm trying to get across is we must choose to place Christ first in our daily lives. Let me go to number three. As we continue to look at Luke 9, 23, these are just some things you can pull out of this verse. Not only must we choose Christ, not only must we place Him first in our lives, not only must we relinquish any aspect of control over our lives to Him, but three, we must submit. We must submit our will to His. Look what He says once again in the verse, Luke 9, 23. Then He said to them all, If anyone wants to come with Me, he must... What's the next two words? Deny himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. You know what it means to deny yourself? It means literally to die to self. Die out to self every single day. Die out to self. The little video we showed right before I got up here. The little stick figure man carrying self. You see, before you come to the cross, life is all about self. But then there's something that must take place. We must die to ourselves. And guys, we don't just do that at conversion, although we ultimately do it there. But practically every single day, we must make a conscious effort to die to self. And Jesus said, deny yourself. Relinquish all control. Give up all control to the Lord. Die to ourself. Who's controlling your life? Every single day, who makes the major decisions in your life? What drives you in the decisions that you're making? We need to learn to die to ourselves. I think that's what the Apostle Paul was trying to imply over to the church at Galatia. Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 19 and 20. The latter part of verse 19. Galatians 2 and 19 and 20. The Scripture says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is the Apostle Paul saying... I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, I've died out to myself. I've died out to my will. I have crucified myself with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life now I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul is saying, I have crucified myself. And guys, I believe that's what Jesus is implying here when He says that every single day, we are to deny ourselves, die out to our will. You see, all through the Word of God, we find Jesus living out the example of carrying out His Father's will. Matter of fact, sometimes, sometimes people come up to me and say, you know, Pastor, my prayers just aren't being answered. And you know what I immediately think and oftentimes say? Whose will are you praying in? Whose will are you praying in? You see, because over in James and over in 1 John, it says that your prayers aren't going to be answered if you're praying prayers from the flesh, from your own desires. You see, it's not about what I want in life. Hello? It's not about what I want out of life. It's about what God wants for me in my life. You remember Jesus even prayed that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when He said, Not my what will be done, but thine. He gave us a wonderful example. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 40 and verse number 8, I delight to do your will, O God. Every single day it's about doing His will. 
It's not about doing what I'm doing. Many times we get up and we go out through our day and, and we're on our we're on our tangent, we're doing our thing, and we'll say, okay, okay, God, will you come along and bless what I'm doing? It's not about what you're doing. It's not about God blessing what you're doing. We ought to get up and say, okay, God, what are you doing? And I'm going to die out to myself. I'm going to die out to my will. And I'm going to live for you. You see, you'll be amazed at how much blessings flow in your life when you align your life with God's will instead of trying to align God's life with your will. Hello? He said we must deny ourselves. Mm. Every day, die to self. Die to self's goals, die to self's ambitions, die to self's desires, die to self's will. Huh. Wow. Are we living like that? The new birth is part of that. If we've experienced the new birth in Jesus, then Jesus said, if anyone wants to come with me. In other words, if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, if you are going to follow him, we must deny ourselves. We must die to ourselves and submit ourselves to His will every single day. You see, Jeremiah 29, 11, we've all heard this verse probably till we're blue in the face, but you need to get a hold of it. God already has a will for you. He has a plan for you. You're not here by accident. I don't care how you are conceived. Hello? That's why I don't believe in abortion. I don't care how you were conceived. I believe there are a lot of parents that make accidents. But God never makes an accident. Hello? You say, yeah, but what? No, no, don't even go with the what ifs. We're not even going there. Hello? Because God knows us. We're here for a reason. You see, I don't know what your backgrounds are, but I have really, over the years, been amazed. I know one of the, one of the rules in counseling is regardless of what you hear, never act shocked. But sometimes I know, my face outside, I try not to be shocked, but if they look deep into my eyes, they know I am just totally blown away by what I've just heard. I'm amazed at some of the backgrounds that people have come out of, with parents that have rejected them, with, with harmful things that, that parents would say, or to give away, and somebody else raise, or whatever the case may be. But I want you to know there's a God in heaven that loves you. Regardless of your background, regardless of where you've come from, regardless of what you've gone through, there's a God in heaven that loves you. And he has a plan for your life. And he, he died for you. And all he wants you to do is live for him. God, that's not too hard. He did the hard part. He died for us. And all we've got to do is live for him. Submit to his will. What about in your prayer life? Are you submitting to God's will in your prayer life? Are you really praying in alignment with God's will for your life? Or our own personal desires of what we think may be God's will? Just die out to self. And you know what? You're going to have to do that every single day. The Apostle Paul says, I die daily. That old flesh is going to rise up. You know it is. You battle with it just like I do. We all battle with it. You see, I don't believe in a second work of grace. Neither do I believe in pure sanctification on this side of heaven. We're in the process of being sanctified. 
Pure sanctification is going to take place when we're in heaven. And I've ran across people that told me I've been completely sanctified. I've experienced a second work of grace. I am in a sinless state right now. That's hogwash. Hello? That's not probably good English. Or not politically correct. But don't come tell me that you don't battle with the flesh. Hello? Everybody put your hand on your heart right now. Let me ask you one question. Is it beating? Hopefully it is. If it is, you know what you struggle with? Just like I do. The flesh. It wants to rise up. Matter of fact, something will happen and boom, it, it comes up unexpectedly, doesn't it? I mean, we're walking, we feel like we're walking with God, we're listening to music, we've had our devotion time, we've had our prayer time, we're going through our day, and we either get a phone call, or we hear something, or we see something, or somebody comes in our office, and boom! Isn't it amazing? We need to be going down the interstate, somebody cut us off, isn't it amazing? How quickly the flesh can rise up? Hey, it rose up on me last night, I was at Walmart last night. Our wife and I had a tremendous date last night, we went to Walmart and bought groceries, Hello? I guess that's what you do when you're past 45. Let's go to Walmart, honey. Let's get some groceries. Hello. <laughs> there we were. And I was there at the meat counter. Of course, I'm trying to pay attention to what we buy. And so I'm getting some turkey and I'm getting it cut. And I'm, there's a lady in front of me. I don't know why they only have one girl back there cutting all the meat for all these customers. But one, I'm sitting there just patiently waiting. 20 minutes, literally 20 minutes goes by. And this, this lady in front of me finally finishes. Behind me, there's a dad. And he's, he's frantically pacing. He is so frustrated. Back and forth, back and forth. Those big sighs. <sighs> now, I'm sure that's so the lady could hear that he was tired of waiting. But I'm, deal with it, man. I've been standing here 20 minutes. So I'm standing there, okay? This lady gets done, and she's in front. I step up to the counter, and the lady asks me what I like. Well, I like to get some samples, okay? I can try a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I said, can I try this turkey? And can I, there, there was a tomato-based turkey that, that looked for, can I try a piece of that? And I like the pepper turkey all the way, the cracked pepper. I'm getting a, and <laughs> I can admit, I can feel his breath on the back of my neck. <sighs> his wife comes back, are you, not? no, and they're just kind of going at it. And, and finally, I'm, I'm done picking out the turkey that I want. And I said, I want that turkey. And then I said, and I'm going to need some cheese too. Oh, that almost sent him over the top. And you know what he does? He jumps up there and the lady calls out for a guy to come cut the cheese. And he comes up there. I just put in my order. He jumps up in front of me and says, I need blah, 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 blah. He gets about three different kinds of cheese, two or three different kinds of cheese. I'm thinking, holy smoke, he did not just do that. You know what rose up in me? The flesh. You know what the first thought I had? I've got to preach in the morning. <laughs> Very first thought. After the flesh rose up, I can't do anything. I, good thing it was Saturday night late. Eh? Good thing it wasn't Monday. I just finished preaching. I don't know. But isn't it amazing how we battle with the flesh? I mean, of course, I didn't do anything. I just, mm, I bit my lip. And inside, I, was, I probably sinned in my thought life. Matter of fact, I know I did. But isn't it amazing how we battle with that? And we must die to our flesh every single day. We must submit to God's will in our life every single day. Fourth and final one, I'll stop with this. Number four, we must choose to fulfill our daily responsibilities of being in Christ. Now, this is a big one. Matter of fact, this is probably the entire sermon, or could be, if I would spend more time on it. But we must choose to fulfill our daily responsibilities of being in Christ. Look what he says. Once again, same verse, Luke 9, 23. 
If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily. Get a hold of that. Take up his cross daily. Not only die to ourself by denying ourselves, but the next thing we're to do is take up our cross. Listen, there are some daily responsibilities that we as a child of God are to be fulfilling every single day of our life. It does matter, church, how we live on a daily basis. Now, we're all going to battle the flesh. I just gave you an example. We're all going to battle that every single day. But we've got some daily responsibilities for being in Christ and following after Him. Let me give you a couple. Do you realize, church, that we have the responsibility to be holy? We have the responsibility to live a holy life. And the Bible says, without holiness, no man will see God. Wow, that's tough, isn't it? To live a holy life. But we have that responsibility. We have that responsibility to strive to live a holy life. You see, there are some things that may be permissible for me to do, but I refuse to do them because I don't feel I can live a holy life and be a good witness for Christ in my testimony and the way that I live by doing some things. You see, guys, there are some things in Scripture where there is not a thou shalt not do this or that or the other, but there are some principles that we learn to live with. So that we can live a holy life. I want you to think about any time. And I'm not going to mention any one activity. Because if I mention one activity and I don't mention the other activity. You'll think that your activity is okay. So you let the Holy Spirit convict you of whatever activity it may be that you may be involved in. Let me ask you a question. Is that activity holy? Can you justify it as being holy? You see because we're commanded to live holy. We probably all fell at that every day. We should strive to live holy. What's another responsibility? Another responsibility is to fulfill a great commandment. The Shema, back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Jesus mentioned it again. When the ruler came to him and said, hey, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength. The great commandment is to love God, but it doesn't stop there, to love each other. Remember when I shared with you a few weeks ago, four marks of a disciple, and one of those is that we love each other, and the world is going to judge whether we are a true disciple by how we love each other in the church? What's part of our responsibility that when we take up this cross, when I take up this cross every single day, I am striving to live a holy life, but I'm also striving to carry out the great commandment where I love God supremely with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my being, with all of my mind. But it doesn't stop there with the great commandment. I am going to choose to love people, no matter how hard and how bad and how difficult that may be at times, I am going to make a choice to love people. Hello? That's a responsibility that we have as a child of God. That's part of the cross that we are to bear. To live holy, we have that responsibility. To, to carry out the great commandment, to love God and to love each other supremely, we're to carry out that on a daily basis. What's another responsibility? To fulfill the great commission? Guys, do you realize that Jesus left one of the greatest work in his master plan of sharing his divine plan, the gospel message with all of mankind? We have that responsibility. Who have you shared your faith with this week? 
Who have you told about Jesus this week? We have that responsibility on a daily basis to pick up our cross and yes, live holy and yes, carry out the great commandment where we love God and we love each other, but also to carry out the great commission where we share the gospel of Christ with those in our circles of influence, whether it be our family or co-worker, neighbor, acquaintance. There are people that are in our life that God intentionally allows to come across our life and the whole design is that we would share Jesus with them. Guys, are we doing that? Taking up our cross daily means there's some responsibilities and we must make a choice to fulfill those on a daily basis. To live holy, the great commission, the great commandment, to love one another, to give our life. Every single day. What does all that mean? It means Christ gave His life for us. He did the hard work. He died on the cross. He paid sin's death there. All of your sins, all of my sins, the sins of the entire world. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 that God the Father placed them on His Son on the cross. And He died. He paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. He's done it all. All He wants us to do is live for Him. To die to ourselves, pick up our cross daily, and follow Him. Guys, that is our spiritual fitness routine every single day. Get out of bed, die to self, pick up your cross, make a conscious effort and choice to choose to follow Jesus, to put Him first, to carry out His will, to submit to His will, and fulfill the responsibilities of being a child of God every single day. You see, the new birth... Although it is an event that took place in our life wherever and however far back. But it's something that we live out every single day. As Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. Take up the cross daily. And let's go, boys. Follow me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for time in your word today. And and Lord, I just pray that that we would submit and surrender our will to you. Father, I pray that your will would be done in our lives. I pray that we would make a conscious effort to choose you first in our lives every single day. Then I pray that we, as believers, as Christians, those that that have experienced a new birth, God, that we'd be serious about taking up our cross and the responsibility that comes along with that. Not just on Sunday morning, but every single day of our life. Father, if there's a Christian that's here that struggled with that, I pray right now, God, that number one, that you'd convict them. That they would be receptive to the convicting of the Holy Spirit and ask for forgiveness and then renew a commitment today that we're going to get up every single day we're going to deny ourselves we're going to take up our cross we're going to follow you oh may that be the mandate of our daily life 
so many are on physical fitness plans. But I think this is a great spiritual fitness plan that we need to do every day. Father, if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, they've never come to the place where they've asked you to forgive them of their sins, where they've repented and asked you to forgive them and come into their life. Pray that today that they'd realize that you love them. You died on the cross for them. And if they were the only one in the world, you would have still carried out your plan to die for them. I pray that right now they would ask you into their heart. Be born again. Experience this new birth. Experience life in Christ. Die to self. Make them a new creation. Father, we commit this time to you. Have your will and way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.